Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. We've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but have you given your full life to Jesus? Mm. And, and that came to a very specific piece in my own story, guys. Am I willing to give every part of my life? Am I willing to give those dark sin issues to God? Am I willing to give my fears to God? Am I willing to give my doubts and my inabilities to God? Am I willing to say, God, I am yours? Guys, God wants 100%, not of our effort, of our life. And now, here's your hosts, Noah and Bjorn. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 24th episode of The Sweat Room. My name is Noah Corson. Alongside my co-host, Bjorn Webb, we are so honored they've decided to join us for our sixth and final week of our Local to Global series featuring former Jacksonville Jaguar tight end, Rich Griffith. And if you're new to our podcast, our motto is get it, got it, give it. We're always in every phase of this, always learning, always teaching, and always applying. We always want to keep growing and learning from the best. And Rich is one of the best. He was not only a former pro football player, and he was also involved with Jim Kelly's last game. He's going to dive into that. That's a fascinating story in itself. But he is working with Greater Europe Mission, and he's going to dive into that. But they're a nonprofit ministry committed to sharing the gospel and raising up churches in Europe. This conversation is one of my favorites. This is an absolute incredible conversation and I highly recommend all of you if you can take time to pause and reflect from this conversation do it because buckle up he's going to bring you through a ride and before we dive in make sure to subscribe rate and review the podcast share with a friend and follow us on social at watermark sports on Instagram and Facebook on Twitter we're sweat room pod make sure to follow us there as well and man this conversation is infectious conversation that's the title of this podcast Podcast and it's so fitting. You're going to be refreshed and ready to go after this conversation. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Rich Griffith. Well, welcome to the sweat room, everyone. Today, we want to welcome Rich Griffith to the podcast. Welcome, Rich. Thank you. It's so good to be with you guys. And yeah. Kind of a fun topic that we're going to be able to chat about. Absolutely. So Rich, why don't you tell our listeners, just give us a two-minute summary of who you are. Two minutes, huh? Two minutes on the clock. Here we go. <laughs> so Rich Griffith had the privilege of uh, playing professional football. and it, But the key to that whole piece was being able to do that as a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, and that was my first mission field. Um, but, but God made me big. Um, so I'm 6'5", 260 pounds, um, and, and enjoyed hitting people, but in a nice way. I uh, grew up in Tucson, Arizona, went to the University of Arizona, uh, and then God enabled me to continue my professional career uh, for seven years in the NFL. Um, a, a year of that was at the New England Patriots. This is before they were good. We can talk more about that later. Um, and then I was we, able we, to In go. Buffalo, we never admit that the Patriots are good. So. Yeah, yeah, they're just... It's in denial. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was, uh, went to Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, and got on with the Jacksonville Jaguars and played six years with them. And and then God led me into ministry after that. And so there's lots more details, those cool. pieces uh, that we can get into. I'm married, uh, my wife of 28 years. We have four children. Wow. Um, and it is just a hot mess around here. We have a blast. Um, but it's so cool just seeing what God has been doing in our lives, but also seeing and expecting what is this next season that God is working in each of our lives? Mm. And that's for us, and that's also for you guys. And so that's why it's fun to be talking about, about just our faith and how it is living and active in every piece of our lives. Mm, absolutely. So our church is based out of Buffalo, New York. And I know our Buffalo listeners, when they hear, oh, New England, they're like, oh, my gosh, can't stand them. Do you have any good memories from being a patriot? Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I've been in counseling because of my experiences in New England. But again, I, I grew up in Arizona. So I, when I was drafted by the Patriots, this was back in 1993, uh, Bill Parcells just became the coach. Robert Kraft just had bought the team. 
Wow. And they had just changed the logo from that three-point stance New Englander to mm. what we used to call the Flying Elvis. Wow. And, and so it was all this change. And now here I am stepping into this, in a sense, kind of a new team uh, with a lot of old baggage. And Bill Parcells literally churned that team upside down and just began to rebuild from that aspect, it was it was amazing just to begin to see just what a great coach he was. But it was the hardest year of my life. Mm. I mean, no one had a, a, a secure job on that team. Um, everyone was fighting for a job. Um, the Patriots won, I think, three three games the year before, and so Bill Parcells came in and said, "We're we're going to uh, truly clean house." Um, and so it was a ton of pressure, a lot of stress. Um, so the, from a football standpoint, it, it was the hardest year I've ever experienced. So was that because you were in your first year and they were sort of rebuilding or was that because of some of the leadership that was there in New England or some of both? Um, so some of both, um, okay. there were some old, old time, just veteran football players and they like doing things their way. Mm. Now, if you know Bill Parcells at all, he likes to do things his way. Mm. Uh, and so he says, it's going to be my way or you get a bus ticket out of here. Wow. And so we saw some of that. But then also just that rebuilding piece, I mean, and I mean this with all sincerity, to right a wrong, when you want to change a direction, it takes that much more effort and that much more kind of steadfast spirit to say, no, we're going to commit to change. Mm. And that's what it was going through is we were starting a new DNA within that team. Mm. But I, you think about it, that's in our faith as well. I mean, when you radically want to change the direction of your life, you're not only receiving the Lordship of Christ, you're saying, no, I, I no longer want those things in my past. Mm. I am making a definitive change. Well, it's hard. Right. And that's why we cannot, cannot do that alone. Um, and so that's why I love so many uh, of the analogies of sports. My teammates, that's what helps get you through. Mm. You know, the other coaches, that's what helps get you through. And just those people in your life um, experience a lot of that in New England. Now, also, you're coming from college. And so you, you played 12 games. Well, in the NFL, I mean, now you're playing 20-plus games. Right. And so it's just a long season. And now the elevation of um, just kind of stress level and expectation, this is now your job. And so to keep your job, you've got to perform mm. at a certain level. I mean, there's those nuances of professional sports that um, is phenomenal, but there's also some, some nuances that um, it, it's hard. Mm, sure. um, now also New England, again, being from Arizona, uh, New England, I, I've never experienced it. There's some different people out there. Um, I tried raw oysters for the first time, found out I did not like raw oh. oysters. It was not a good experience. Um, I tried to learn the subway system. And my wife is hilarious. I mean, I'm great with directions above ground. I get underground and I just, I get lost. I mean, I'm always, I think we need this train. She says, no, what do you, no, that's the exact opposite we need to go. I was just, I would, I, I would have still probably been underground if it wasn't for my wife, I mean, we would just be walking around, but um, there were some phenomenal pieces to my experience there. We met some great people. I had some mm. really good teammates. Um, but when God brought that piece to a close and I went to Jacksonville, Florida, um, it was like a stepping into a new season, literally. Mm. Um, uh, new England was a tough place spiritually. It was tough uh, to find a church. It was tough for people to, to, um, um, to live out their faith. There's a lot of religion of this is just what we do. Mm. And it's our little check mark for the weekend, as opposed to living out your faith in, in, a, in, a, in a true um, um, intentional way. Mm. Now, is that, okay. is that New England, like the city, that area, or are you talking about the team specifically? Um, more the area. The area, On okay. The team, there was maybe three Christians. Sure. So that was really tough on, on us for being a Christian on the team because many coaches were under the auspice of you're here to play football. Mm. So let's just keep football the main thing. Um, so that was a tough, tough piece as well. Jacksonville, Florida was the complete opposite. Um, about half our team were followers of Christ, and now you're at the bottom of the Bible belt. And so people would readily talk about faith all the time. And so there were some really good opportunities there as well. That's so cool. So Rich, you mentioned, you know, then you went to the Jaguars. So could you tell us a little bit about when you beat the Buffalo Bills in 1996 with the Jaguars? <laughs> what was that like? 
why are you, you work at a church. Why would you bring up divisive things like that? <laughs> I want to see where your heart's at. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, so here we are, this no name team and we're in our second year and we start having success. In fact, we went on a seven game winning streak mm. near the end. Wow. And we were just finding ways. It wasn't that we were just this, this phenomenal team. We were just finding ways to win games. Um, and again, we, we saw so much of, of this uh, just percolating within the team of, God, you brought us all together. You're doing something special, not only with us individuals, but you're doing something special with this team. And so we just started seeing success. Not that God's in winning and losing, but God was doing something within us. And, and we were starting to see a passion. The cool thing about it is we were starting to give the credit to God. We were saying, mm-hmm. God's the one that is doing something here. And, and we're just kind of along for the ride. Um, now, when people, when you start winning games, pe- people start taking notice. Um, and then we were able to make the playoffs. And the first team of the playoffs was the Buffalo Bills. Oh, man. Now, all the articles are like, sweet. We have, we have uh, the most incredible quarterback, Jim Kelly. Right. And, and, and Marv Levy, the, 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 uh, a great coach. And, and so here we are. We have this phenomenal team. And, and they're on the cusp of, of wanting to get back to the Super Bowl. Mm. And there's this no-name team in their way. And, and so we, we, we come into uh, Buffalo, and let me just say, Buffalo's got some amazing fans. Mm. I mean, I, I say, I got to play Buffalo about four times in my career, and, and just some amazing fans. Because that, that wild card game was in Buffalo, right? Correct, yeah. Wow. So we had home field advantage. Um, and, and, and just uh, when you talk about home field advantage, I mean, it is an advantage. I mean, you've got mm. the crowd noise, you've got the, just kind of the atmosphere um, you're in a hostile environment. So here you are with 48 guys on your team. And that's all you have amongst 70,000 people and another team that wants to take your head off. <laughs> so, so we come in there and it was a back and forth game and it was a battle. And I think we really surprised, especially at halftime, surprised Buffalo that, oh my gosh, how, why is this team, why, why are they still in this game? Why are we not dominating them? Um, and, 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 they would dominate us at times. We'd come back, and then we would make a big play, and there was just this that back and forth. And mm. finally, at the very end, we were able uh, to make some plays uh, and win the game 30-27. to 27. Wow. Wow. And, and again, you hear this quietness just kind of encapsulate this stadium, uh, and, and it was quiet. I, I did some, some looking up because um, – and I, I'd, not, I'd forgotten this, but that was – um, Coach Levy and, and, and Jim Kelly's last game. Wow. They both wow. retired after that. Oh, uh, and, and so it was really just to kind of the cast. So you stone. pushed him into retirement. <laughs> I did. I, it was your words. <laughs> well, and people forget to like, for, so for our listeners, Rich is not a small guy. He's six, five. He was a tight end. And who are one of the guys that you had to block during that game? So, uh, some pretty, pretty amazing guys. Um, Bruce Smith. Oh man, uh, I know that he name knows, very well around here. <laughs> he, he knows a lot about football, and uh, and then even uh, Bryce Pop uh, was defensive player of the year, um, either that year or the year after. Uh, but just phenomenal mm. uh, athletes, and here you are going against these guys. You're like, man, I've been reading about you and watching you on TV, and now I'm having to block you. And uh, but just to see, and I mean this, guys, to see from our end, our team come together and in a hostile environment to say, you know what, we're not going to be denied. Um, it was fun. It was an incredible memory for us as our team. I'm sorry to Buffalo. It is the, the part of sports that, um, that someday on game day, you have what it takes. And some days it does not work out the way you want it to. Um, That's part of the it was a catalyst, a catalyst again for us. We went to, to the next week was Denver Broncos and they did the exact same thing. Mm. This is John Elway and he, he's going to make his stamp on going to the Super Bowl and we beat them. And then the following week, the third week, we play the New England Patriots, my old team. Wow. And, uh, and we just really had a bad game. It was about minus 10, and it was just the worst uh, experience. We had a number of injuries that, that game, and uh, we just kind of went downhill. And so New England won that game and went on to the, the 96 um, Super Bowl and played the Green Bay Packers. And they lost. Wow, that's funny. Because the next year, I believe the Broncos won the Super Bowl after that. Twice, yeah, yeah, so, 97 and 98. 
Yep. Yeah, because I, I remember because so as we were wa- I was watching not too long ago the Four Falls of Buffalo, and I just yeah. remember talking about they talked about the very end and it was your guys's team that was just the disruption. Yeah. And so and, and they just said we're at a point where we're we're just going. We've lost our quarterback. We've lost our head coach. We're going to just truly rebuild. Mm, yeah, that was. But, quite the- but I'll never forget. I mean, Buffalo was a fun place to play, and again, mm. the energy. I mean, that that's some of the things you miss is is, man, a live game day. Oh, my goodness. It's, there's nothing like it. So, Rich. Buffalo, don't, don't hate me, Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, what we're, that's why we're really sad here in Buffalo is because right now it looks like we're not going to have fans at any of the games, and we're really going to miss out as a community going to support our team, and we know that our team, they're going to miss having us there to give them that home field advantage. It's, just, it's going to be different this season. So true. So true. And I have wondered, and this is totally off the cuff, um, but but will will players play with the same emotion? You know, you're you're out there, you're doing again. You're, this is your job, and you do it well and with a professional nature. But the energy of the fans, hmm. it's hard to duplicate that. It's hard to just get up for a, it's like a glorified scrimmage, you know, without without the fans. Yeah, right. and, it's like will uh, the adrenaline know, rush be the same? Right. And that's, I'm, I'm just kind of fascinated to see what it will truly be like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, baseball's, baseball's always quiet. You know, they're used to playing, you know. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> so, so, Rich, you were one of the most passionate followers of Jesus I know. So, I, I grew up going to church, and I always remember just you, we went to the same church in Colorado for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's correct. You were, the, you were the pastor at Woodman Valley Church down in Colorado Springs. And I always remember you were just always just so passionate just mm. about Jesus. So for you, I, and we'll dive in more about your faith journey. What for you, when you were in the pros, what was it like to be a follower of Jesus in the NFL? Uh, it was something that, that just really was, was seated within me. And, and guys, I, I say that because of just my own experience. Uh, I received Christ early in life, uh, Christian home. Um, I would say I definitively made Jesus Lord of my life in high school because that was a time of saying, man, I, I'm, I'm done with playing games. Um, I, Jesus, you are part of every part of my life. Um, that was also solidified in college when I went through an injury. And here you're having uh, just a lot of successes in sports. And it's easy to begin to say, oh, wow, look at Rich. I'm, I'm starting to have success. And, and, and God just beginning to seed within me just this heart of this is a platform. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity to begin to, to use for my glory, not Rich's glory, mm. for, for, my, for, for you to be a witness for me and an opportunity to share the love of Jesus in the midst of a very worldly profession. So those are, were the, kind of the backdrop of what was solidifying within my heart. So now you're in the NFL, and it's, it is the greatest mission field. I mean that, guys, from the bottom of my heart. Um, you have worldly success and money and fame and all these things that are just a distraction. And it's not bad. They're great things. And you're meeting phenomenal players and people and you're working and you're able to do something you love. But do you have the right perspective? Mm. And, and that was just so much on my heart. I'm doing something I love and God has blessed me with an opportunity to do something I love. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But what are you using that opportunity for your gain or for, for your agenda, or are you doing it for the glory of God? Now, I'm not being a pastor and preaching here. I'm just saying it has to come. I don't care if you're an attorney, if you're a doctor, your profession, a school teacher, your profession has to be centered in that perspective. That I'm doing this for the glory of God. Mm. Because if not, we, we, we gain a different perspective, and now you're going to be grasping at other things to earn significance to earn your kind of that sense of identity. And, and, and that's what so many football players would get caught in. I would say even professional athletes, they get caught in that. I'm a tight end on this team and that's my identity. And guys, that's the furthest of the truth because if that's your identity, that identity can be gone in a second. That identity is, is, is literally um, just a fleeting ghost uh, it's something you see and experience, but, it, but it's something that is not lasting. And God just really began to solidify in my heart. My identity is not a football player. My identity is not number 85 or, a, my, uh, or being a tight end. My identity is a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And when that began to be my perspective, uh, that becomes your witness to other players. 
And so they see success being a, a million dollar contract. They see success being a certain amount of catches or touchdowns. And, and when guys weren't achieving that, it's like they were feeling like they were hitting rock bottom. And we had, with a number of Christians on the Jaguar teams, we had a chance to speak into that and to, to encourage guys and to share with them. That's not the right perspective. The perspective is having a relationship with Jesus Christ, an identity that you can never have taken away from you, hmm. your identity in Christ. You will do many different jobs or have many different vocations in your life. Our identity in Christ can never be taken away from us. And that just very grounding foundational truth was huge uh, to what we were seeing in professional sports and being able to speak into that as a mission field. Wow. Wow. That's, that's so powerful. I, I love that. So Rich, Noah, Noah mentioned earlier and, and you have mentioned as well that, you know, you've been a pastor since playing in the NFL. So Talk us through what that transition out of the NFL was like oh for goodness. you and when <laughs> you knew that you were supposed to or called to be a pastor. That was one of the hardest questions you gave me, you know, so how was that transition? And for mm -hmm. any professional athlete, you don't ever want to come to the grasp of, I can no longer do what I love doing. Mm -hmm. You know, you're no longer good enough to continue in your, in your sport or in your, um, in your craft, so to speak. Um, but everyone comes to that place where I cannot do this anymore, or I get cut, um, or I have an injury or such. And, and God just made it really clear. Um, I was cut from the Jaguars after my sixth year. Um, I had a tryout with a couple other teams, but uh, God just made it clear. Um, it's time to move on. Um, and so I had a piece of my heart on that. It's time to move on. But I did say, and I don't know if I told you this earlier, Noah, but uh, I did say I'd never be a pastor. Wow. And so, God, I, I love you. I, I, I have been your witness uh, in, in this profession of, of professional athletics. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just going to get on with the rest of my life. Uh, and how God began to desensitize me a bit. And so I, I began in, um, and was highly involved with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so I, I began to work with them in doing some speaking things with them and helping them in, the, in, in their local ministries and schools there in, in Jacksonville and, uh, and loved it because I mean, I had a platform for kids and obviously what I used to do and, and it was an easy opportunity to just begin to talk about faith and sports. And again, just what we're saying now, perspective of life in those pieces. Um, and so that was an easy desensitizing for rich. Oh, I'll be a part of ministry doing that, but I won't be a part of the church. And then us, uh, the, the church we were attending in Jacksonville, they lost their, their youth pastor. And uh, so the pastor called me and said, hey, Rich, would you ever consider just subbing in and being a part of our ministry and helping us just invest into our youth ministry? And before I, I could even think about it, I'm like, yes. Mm. And, and I'm like, well, that's not really a pastor. That's, that's youth ministry. <laughs> you know, and I can, I can do youth ministry, and I'm doing that here in Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So I said, yes. And so after the process of about six months, um, the pastor's like, uh, Rich, we'd love for you to be a part of more of this church ministry. We want to begin to, to help get you some training. And in and, and that course, um, God really began to solidify, Rich, this is your next step. Mm. Wow. And then the encouraging thing to that is, guys, are we, are we willing to be available? God's working in and through each facet of our life. And when a door is open, are we willing to take the step of faith and step through that door. Hmm. Now, many would say, again, like myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hesitate. I'm going to kind of do it on my terms or my, uh, how I think things should happen. But that's not God's economy. Hmm. God says, you are my follower. Will you be available to what I have for you? The key to that is saying yes. Hmm. Are we willing to say yes to what God is leading us? Fortunately, in that instance, I said, yes. And I said, I really feel this is the direction you're, you're taking me. And guys, that was the easiest part of my transition because what I had that same passion, this talks about even back what you were saying, Noah, about my passion and my excitement for, for the Lord. I had that passion in football, that passion to hit people, that passion to, to play a game and to get a hundred percent effort. Well, God began to put that into my ministry and you gave that a hundred percent. Well, now I've seen that replaced also in being a vocational pastor. 
of meeting with people and, and sharing the love of Jesus and doing that, that becomes your passion. Because we have to act and live in that place of passion. Because what's the root of it? Our relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people out there that are not experiencing passion. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people that, yeah, I, did, I, 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 have, a, I have a relationship with Jesus. And, and they're some of the most drab people I've ever met. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Jesus has saved you. He's changed your life. We have to be a reflection of that. Mm. And, and so that just really took, took seed in my life and said, man, I cannot think of something else I would rather do. Uh, and then Noah, just from your um, statement as well, uh, from that uh, ministry experience in Florida, then Woodman Valley Chapel uh, in Colorado invited me to come out. And, and then I was there for almost 16 years yeah. uh, in ministry That's there. Crazy. So um, wow. it's been phenomenal. Yeah. What a journey. So, so Rich, one thing that I'm curious about is you talked about how early on you said, "Mm, I'm not going to be a pastor. And it took you, you know, years years. (laughs) to to get to that point where you said, all right, God, I hear you and I'm listening and I'm all in. What, what was holding you back? What was stopping you from saying, yes, I will be a pastor. Was it being a pastor itself or was it something else? I, I think even my per- my personal life fear. Mm. Really? Really? I mean, uh, I'm going to be leading people in faith, and I'd rather just be an example. And I've heard that many times. Well, I'm just going to be an example for God. Someone else needs to be the spokesman for God. Wow. And again, just in God's timing, uh, he began to, to work in my heart of saying, Rich, you have what it takes. Trust that. Trust God in Rich, that I'm going to wow. provide exactly what you need. Because again, here in the United States, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be really open with you. Um, many times we think, well, I'm, I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough uh, education. Uh, uh, I don't pray well enough. I don't do this or that. And we can come up with all these excuses. God says, no, Christ is in us. Christ in rich. We have everything we need, guys, to live out this life in him. Mm-hmm. And when he begins to lead us in things, we must take those steps of faith. Do you think Peter, the fisherman, thought he was going to be in a, one of the greatest apostles? No. And in many cases, he, he failed. But God chose him, and he took, hear this, guys, he took those steps of faith in those very poignant times. Wow. Hmm. And that's all God is asking of us. Are we willing to take those steps of faith? Hmm. Um, and, 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 guys, that, that's where I want to live on that front line, so to speak. You know, again, back to the sports analogy. I want to be in the game. I want to be in the midst of it. So many people are are stuck on the sideline. They're Mm. sitting on a bench. And God's like, I've got something here for you. Are you willing to take that step of faith? And again, I I let off with, they allow fear to to encapsulate them. They allow doubts to, to just stifle them. They allow even the, the speaking of, of, of Satan in their head at times of just saying, no, you, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you, you don't have what it takes. And those are just lies. Right. And, and so it's taking those steps of faith, um, seeking wise counsel from people. You know, those are the things that begin to, to, to engage you and, and get you moving forward in those areas. Um, you didn't ask this, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, no, nope, you're not allowed. You're, you're, dealing, you're dealing with a pastor here. Oh, no. Um, uh, not um, just a pastor, a passionate pastor. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, we have to come to the point of are we willing to always move forward in, in sports um, you're either getting better and stronger and faster and more improved in your techniques mm. or you're not. There's no middle ground. Mm. Scriptures even talk about that. <laughs> uh, there, there's a very defined line. And if not, I'm going to spit, spit you out of my mouth. Mm. I mean, there's the aspect. Are you engaged in the battle? Not being lukewarm. Yeah. Mm. And, and guys, I, I want to be a part of the battle. I want to be engaged. Is there risks? Absolutely. Could you get hurt? Absolutely. Mm. But you know what? When I was playing on that football field, I didn't think about getting hurt. I didn't think about things that could happen to me. I was engaged on the field. Mm. And guys, through those experiences on the field, 
were far greater than any of the injuries I ever had. Wow. And think about it. Even as followers of Christ, and you look at all through the, the scriptures, there were some train wrecks in some of the stories we read. But you know what? They were engaged. Yeah. They were in the battle. And you know what? They saw things that they would never have seen if they weren't engaged in the battle. Mm. Amen. And, and and they got to see a deeper awareness of Jesus oh. in the midst of that battle. They got to see a deeper capacity of Jesus' love for them mm. because they were engaged in that battle. And you know what? All but one lost their life for that. Because mm. that, that humbles me to, to, all, to all in. I just think too, and Bjorn, you can jump in after this too. I just, I think the verse that comes to mind with that is when Jesus just says, my, my grace is sufficient mm. for you. Yes, well said. And, and that's, that's just continues to ring ring tr true in my head of just what you were just saying. Mm. That was just so good, Rich. Thank you. Yeah, that's so good. And you've got me on the, you know, obviously always on the sports analogy trains, but I think of, <laughs> all right, you know, let's be in the game. Let's be engaged. Let's yeah. not be on the sideline. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was talking with some people the other day of today is game day for yeah. the Christian because our opponent, the devil, he's out there, he's attacking yeah. and he's fighting. And if we're yeah. sitting on the bench or if we're not training and we're not preparing ourselves, yeah. when overtime comes, when the fourth quarter comes, when yeah. game time comes, when adversity hits, what are we going to do? That's are so we going to be ready for that? Yeah. And that's today because yeah. all we know is that we have today that God's given us this opportunity today with the people around us, with our gifts and abilities that you've talked about of, for you, it was football. And now yeah. it's being a pastor and leading yeah. people and sharing his love for a teacher. It's different, but Absolutely. are you going to use that today? Because that's where you are today. And it's yeah. not waiting for opportunities in the future. And like what you were saying, you were afraid right. and you were thinking, you know, I'm sure there were times where you thought, ah, maybe, you know, maybe God's leading me to be a pastor, but ah, no, no, I'm not going to do that because you were afraid. And I've been there at times in my life. I studied yeah. business administration when I was in college and for the and that's what I graduated with. And for the longest mm -hmm. time I was like, ah, ministry is not for me. It's not for me. But with a year and a half left of college, I said, all right, God, like I hear you. Like I hear you screaming loud and clear. And it got to the <laughs> point where I said, okay, if I am going to follow Christ with my life, I need to put my palms heavenward and say, I give you my life. Mm -hmm. And I submit 100 fold. If that is to be working in ministry or not, I'm all in. And it's saying, God, you are the coach. I am the player. Use me how you want to use me. Do you want me to be the starting quarterback? Put me in. Do you want me to be the practice backup long snapper? Let me play that role for our team because that is needed. But it's that vulnerable, willing spirit to be used and not being afraid when coach says, all right, you're not going to be the backup long snapper anymore. You're going in big game. It's not saying ah, I'm not ready. It's saying, yes, sir. Let's go. Yep. So I, I well love said. that. And I, I love, I mean, I love sports analogies. So I, I love the correlation between these. I got two. a few of them. Oh yeah. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> so no, you, you had a question about something here that he's involved with. Yeah, absolutely. So for you, you were talking about steps of faith. And mm -hmm. so what's cool is right now, we're featuring you in our local to global segment and you yeah. you're involved with some amazing global ministry and just right. from Arizona to Germany. And so for you, tell us a little about greater Europe mission and yeah. kind of what is your approach there and how do you engage the church? Mm. Huge. Um, and, and so again, right in line with what we've just been talking about. Um, I was loving my, my place in the church and I've been there almost 16 years. And so why would I leave that? Everything's going well, and things are going uh, uh, very smoothly, and, and yet God just made it very clear it's time to move on. Um, and God really began to put a, a, a heartbeat of missions within my wife and I, and just that aspect of us serving together in some ministry opportunities as well. Not that she didn't serve in church ministry, but in a specific missional ministry mindset. And uh, so I resigned from my job. Wow. When things were going well, and that was the hardest, guys, the hardest decision I ever made mm. uh, of just saying, wait, what do, what do you mean? And, and to take again that step of faith 
know, God doesn't ask us to do that just once or twice in our life. It's a daily process. Um, Luke 9, 23, it says, deny yourself, pick up your cross daily mm-hmm. and follow your savior. It's a daily understanding. We do that with sin. Today, I'm going to say no to sin, and I'm going to pick up my cross and follow Jesus. He's my answer. Mm. I'm not going to get caught in these other distractions. And so that aspect of just continuing to serve and be sensitive to what he's leading, well, he's leading us away into a ministry called Greater Your Mission. Go ahead, Noah. And just curious, like for you, and if this is too personal, I totally get it. Like for you, what was between you and your wife? Like, how did you know that God was calling you somewhere else? I, I always love hearing that. Yeah. So the one was just our heartbeat to want to serve more together. Mm. And then we're in a season of our life where we're starting to have our, our, our kiddos are, are leaving the house. We have four of them and, and two of them have already left. And we're saying, so what, what are some things that we, as we start having more freedom within our home, um, freedom to travel a little bit more, freedom to, to experience some ministry opportunities. My wife is a nurse practitioner and she wanting to use her medical um, gift to serve others around the world. Wow. And so all those things were percolating and we're saying, um, God's leading us to this step of faith. Wow. Um, and so just through talking through that, through us exploring that together, and then us starting to, to put the little, the little pinky toe in the water and say, you know what, uh, this is where God's leading. And then to come to the fact of just saying, okay, we're going to take that step of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cool thing is we did it together. Yeah. Um, and then God put us in touch with greater your mission. And, and just how God began to connect the dots with that organization and us hearing the heartbeat of that organization. Um, we had a lot of misnomers about Europe. We're like, oh, yeah, that's a great place to visit. It's a great place to go and have vacation and to see some great old relics and some great um, uh, memories of the past and some beautiful things that are in Europe. But what most people do not realize is that most of Europe is 2% Christian. Wow. It's considered now a post-church, a post Christian society, meaning, yes, you may see cathedrals on every corner, but no longer are used as cathedrals anymore. Mm. They don't have services there. They're now historic relics. They're now used as museums and, and, and they put a lot of artwork in them. Um, and so Europe is now considered an unreached people group. Wow. The other facet to Europe that just drew our attention was how many refugees have now come up through Northern Africa and all the, um, the Middle Eastern areas and up through Turkey and into Greece, over 5 million refugees have been displaced and now are living up in Europe area. Wow. Um, it is the greatest migration of people in our current day of history. Mm. And so it's, it's incredible. A lot of people that have had experience with missions would say, oh, I'm very familiar with the 1040 window um, that goes around the kind of um, near the equator of, of, our, of our earth. Sure. Well, that 1040 window has literally been risen up upward Mm. well guess where it's risen upward to Mm. europe yeah Mm. and so now we have a captive audience so to speak not not in a negative way but an audience that is coming to us and an opportunity to now whereas countries uh that we would not necessarily be welcome to they're coming into europe where we can have uh churches and we can have ministries and we can have freedom of of at least proclaiming Jesus Christ. We're in Afghanistan. You cannot do that. And other uh, countries uh, like that, you don't have that same freedom. And so they're literally coming to us. And so we at Greater Europe Mission have refugee ministry and working and serving them. Uh, fascinating types that we, we just don't have time to go through right now, but fascinating ministries of loving them. And that love, guys, is changing their hearts because they're like, you're not Muslim and you, you love me. You're not Muslim and you pray for me. It just mm-hmm. does not compute. Helping them with English, helping them with their immigration papers, all those types of things, and it's changing their life. Wow. The, other, the other facet is just re- reaching Europeans, Germans and French and English, people that have a heart for their people to know Jesus Christ once again. Wow. And, and so uh, our, our, the premise of our ministry is to raise up local people, local pastors from France, local pastors from Romania, local pastors from Spain and Greece and wanting them to reach their people. They already know their communities. They already know their traditions there. And now to do that for the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the other aspect of that is now more people are coming into Europe. Europe is a melting pot of culture, even much more than the United States here. 
And so we're seeing, guys, um, people come to faith and then go back to their country. That could be people from, from Northern Africa, like we were talking about, and, and they, they meet Jesus in Europe, and then they go back to their families and begin to share the love of Jesus. I don't have a visa to, to, uh, to Egypt. But you know what? People come to faith who already have, uh, um, th- th- that's their heritage and their culture, and they can go back at any time they want. And guess what? They're going back with the love of Jesus. Guys, mm. we're seeing those types of things. So, so wow. that just, again, was imprinted on my wife and I's heart. And we're like, we've got to be a part of that. We want to see the difference of Jesus Christ made in Europe once again. Wow. That's good. good. Well, so I guess, Rich, for me, what is sustainable for you and how do you hmm. keep this passion going? How, like, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's really, you know, it's, oh, what's the word? Uh, I can't think of the word. It, it's, attractive it makes me feel it as well what yeah. word am i looking for get fired up get i mean fired up. every time I infectious it, it is infectious there you go that's kind well of done that's perfect yeah you know you know you bring up a, a phenomenal point on that um you know i remember in high school and and we would before a game just fire each other up and, and you would get excited uh, about the game but sometimes it was a false um we'd call it bravado. I mean, it was a kind of a false motivation. Uh, in, in college, you would get excited, but you knew there was a much different level of competition that you're going against. In the pros, um, we were just passionate about what we did, but we didn't need to get fired up. So in our faith, the reason, again, I, I use sports analogies so much. I, I'm, I'm an old football guy. I've had concussions, man. These things just make sense to me. But in our faith, we don't need to get fired up. We need to come to the sense of knowing who we are. Wow. And when we ground ourselves more in understanding our relationship with Jesus, guys, that is the heartbeat of what he's asked us to do. Love me with all of your heart. Mm-hmm. And when you begin to understand that love that I have for you and receive that love that I have for you, now you're able to love someone else. Mm-hmm. Those are the two greatest commandments. Loving God with all my heart. Because that's hard to do. And there's days I don't feel like it. There's days that you don't feel like, man, I, I have nothing to give. But, but that's not a part of the equation. It's that underlying foundational truth that Jesus redeemed me. Wow. Because that's a part of that understanding of who I am in Christ, that he redeemed me. He's transformed me. I was, I was destined for, for, for bad stuff. Mm. And yet God brought me out of that. He redeemed me. He's given me now a new purpose and a new opportunity in life. Mm. And it's not about having highs and lows. It's about having that steadfast faith of saying, man, I'm in this for the long run. Wow. I'm in this for the reason of, of wanting to glorify the one that changed me. Because mm. that's, what, that's what fires me up mm. or gives me that infectious peace is I'm a product of the gospel. Mm. And you know, Born, you're a product of the gospel. Mm. And Noah, you're a product of the gospel. That in itself is infectious. Wow. Amen. Think about it. That's yeah. why we're not meant to be alone. Sure. And alone, I will put anyone to sleep. Mm. But you know what? When we stepped on and we, we push play and we start talking uh, on this radio or this blog and we started talking, we start affirming each other. And what do we do? We start getting a little excited. Yes, sir. And we start seeing, oh my goodness, I see the light of Jesus in you. I see that, that God's leading you in this new opportunity. I affirm that. That's the building up of the body. And that's what keeps the body of Christ, guys. Mm. So that's Rich, for you, in, you're in, in so, you get fired up. It makes us get fired up and I love it. So for, for some of our listeners, I, I'd love just a follow-up question with that of, man, how do you, what, how do you, would you inspire our listeners to get them as passionate as you are in their walk with Christ? How, what, do you, what are ways that really help engage? So you might not like my answer. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I, this might be a Buffalo. We're in Buffalo. You're already mad at me. <laughs> you might get mad at me again. And guys, I, just as I, as I was thinking about our time together, 
Um, God just put this on my heart and, and God wants 100% mm. of each one of us. You're like, what do you mean? I've, I've given my life to Christ. Um, we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and savior, but have you given your full life to Jesus? Mm. Wow. And, and that came to a very specific piece in my own story, guys. Am I willing to give every part of my life? Am I willing to give those dark sin issues to God? Am I willing to give my fears to God? Am I willing to give my doubts and my inabilities to God? Am I willing to say, God, I am yours? Guys, God wants 100%, not of our effort, of our life. Mm-hmm. Think about it, guys. We've given many times 99% of our lives to Jesus, and we hold back. <laughs> right. Wait, wait. That was an area of my life that really hurt, and I'm going to hold on to that hurt. That person, that person did something and wronged me, and I, I cannot let go of that. Because mm. that's, that's saying I'm holding 1% back from God. Mm. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. We are not able to truly move forward in our relationship until we say, God, I let go. Wow. I give you every aspect of my life. And guys, if there's anything that we can trust, we can trust Jesus Christ with our lives. Guys, he has redeemed us. But don't let those just be words. He's redeemed us for a purpose to live this life. Again, we've we've already been touching on it. But it's not that aspect of just living, but to get in that game, to be engaged, to be a part of his plan for our life. And don't, don't hear me wrong. That could be right here in, in, in Phoenix, Arizona. It could be right there in Buffalo, New York, in your own community, in your own church, whatever it may be. But be engaged in his ministry. Hmm. It could also then be in Germany, in France. It could be in working with refugees in, in, in uh, Athens, Greece. But that's just a part of the body of Christ. We are all needed. And so my encouragement, are you willing to say, God, I'm yours. And I give you every aspect of my life. Hmm. I need more of Jesus and less of these other things that I've been holding on to. And guys, when we come to that point, that's that's where the disciples came to that point. They said, we want unadulterated more of Jesus. Hmm. Wow. And that's John John 3.30. He must become greater. I must become less. And every day we can make that our heartbeat. Yes. That's life changing. Now, now the problem is we, we, we begin to fill that with sometimes legalism. Mm. Well, I just need, I just need to do more things for Jesus. Cause I want more, I want more of you rich mm. or, I want more of you. Mm. And when I, when he begins to grasp our heart, that's why the giver of love now begins to impart that love to us. And we're able to give that love to someone else. Cause okay. that's, that's, that's the beauty of the gospel. It's that simple. But we, unfortunately, we, we make it that difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that's so good. So, Rich, just as we kind of close up here, are there ways that our listeners can get involved with Greater Europe Mission? Um, totally. What you're doing through that ministry? Yeah. Um, number one, I mean, I love just opportunities like this. And so just continue mm-hmm. to talk about Hey, have you ever considered missions? Mm. So this is not a, a, a plug just for my ministry. It's, hey, your church has missions. Have you ever gotten involved? Yeah. Uh, there's needs right now because of the COVID crisis. We're limited in what we're able to do. Have you, have you been handing out meals to people in need in your own church or in your own community? That's missional. Mm. That's being on mission. Do you have a neighbor next door that, that is having a difficult time? Have you noticed God, I could be helping them right now. That's being on mission. And I can't stress that more. Wow. That's but, so but you feel stuck. You, you, you feel like you're, you're, you're uh, kind of in a, in, a, in a place that, that you don't know which way to turn. Mm-hmm. Then I challenge you, go on a mission trip and you will begin to see and hear God differently. Mm. Wow. He's the same God. But the difference is you've changed your comfort zone. Right. You've changed your surroundings, and now you just said it, Born. You're, you're you're in a place where you're listening now more. You're in a place where you're like, oh my goodness, I'm in unfamiliar territory. My senses are now firing on all cylinders. 
<laughs> I, I'm now sensing all five senses like I never did before. That's what a mission trip does. It puts you in a place where you begin to sense God in every aspect of your life. Wow. wow. And then you come back and, and, and you get engaged. And then you go back and you get more uh, excited and you see more opportunities happen. That's the missional lifestyle, guys. So, yes, can they do that through Greater Europe Mission? Absolutely. Um, we, we call it GEM, Greater Europe Mission, G-E-M. Yeah. So, G-E-M-I-S-S-I-O-N.com. You know, G-E-Mission.com is the easiest way. It's look at our webpage. Um, we have short-term trips. We have summer trips. Uh, meaning where you can spend the whole summer for those that are in college or such. Obviously, all this has been put on hold during the COVID crisis. Um, we do refugee-style trips where you can go and serve refugees. We have church planting trips where you can go and help young pastors begin to, to build ministry. We have sports ministries. Um, I get to do some football things. Can you believe that? <laughs> in Germany. Because you, you know, that specifically is, I do, I have done it in, um, uh, there's opportunities in Germany, but I've been doing some of that in Spain. Wow. Spain oh, has some incredible, just, they love American football. It's fascinating. Well, um, I met, I was in Costa Rica probably four years ago at this point, and I met a German who was there yes, working yes. on mission with this mission organization, and he loved American football. Yeah. It was the That's craziest incredible. thing. We're like, oh, German, we're in Costa Rica, and I'm a soccer player. So, and we were playing soccer. I was with my soccer team. And he was out there teaching kids how to throw a football. He was teaching them, you know, the slant route. He's teaching them the, you know, button hook. Like, and we were like, what? And the kids loved it. Yeah. You know, and, the, and shameless ploy, but um, um, the NFL wants to put a team in, in, in uh, England again or in London again. Yeah. And so, so Europe is coming alive to, to, the American football dream. Bjorn, you're just a better athlete than me. I, I wasn't good enough to play soccer. <laughs> well, and I wasn't big enough to play football. <laughs> I played a little bit. And I'd always just get red cards. I'd, I'd just, I'd slide, slide tackle everybody. And, Man, that's yeah. so, so many opportunities to get yeah. involved from, from literally um, college age um, uh, to uh, we, we even have ministries for retired people that have time in their hands and say, you know what, you think, you think your life uh, is now in retirement phase? No, God is using you in your retirement opportunities. And we have ministries that can help you. You've been a professional your whole life. You still, hear me, you still have something to offer. Wow. So don't get caught in retirement mode. In fact, I don't believe that is biblical. Oh, that, that could be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> that in itself could be holy cow the american curse of comfortability right there yep yep oh man rich you are firing us up and and for our listeners if if your cup is not full after this conversation i don't know what fills you up because rich rich did it in so as we finish up rich <laughs> do you have any just final thoughts and remarks for our listeners and maybe just a, a word of encouragement for them as well um, so a strange final comment mm. guys t test God in this wow test mm. him he said I will do these things for you say God I, I, I don't even know where my relationship is you test him and say God where are you he will answer you guys mm. God I, I don't feel like I don't, I don't sense your presence if you are willing to give every part of your life to him and you are willing to sit and say, God, speak into me. You will hear him. He's, he's always speaking. We're not always listening. So, so will you test him in that? Test the waters. God, I don't know if, if missions is for me. Then guess what? Test the waters. Mm. See. Experience it. Mm. I've never been on a mission trip before. Well, you know what? You can come to Europe. You won't stay in a roach motel. But you will see <laughs> and experience some incredible things right before your eyes. And I guarantee you will be changed. Wow. I love that. Taste and see the Lord is good. You know, lean into what he has. Man, holy cow. That was so good. Rich, thank you for such an amazing conversation. Yeah. I know so many people are just blessed by that. And thank you for joining the podcast today. You guys are awesome. I just enjoyed this. So <laughs> we need to come out again. and do some live ministry out in, in Buffalo. Come um, on. Let's go. Let's do it. 
I, I, I'll still travel. So go Bills. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, Rich. Bjorn, what were some of your reflection points today? Yeah, wow. Well, Rich has me thinking about when I went on a mission trip last summer. I went to the Czech Republic um, with an organization, and it was a sports mission trip where we, you know, we used soccer through camps, through games to share our testimony, share the gospel, all this stuff. And man, it was powerful. It was convicting. And I really felt like, you know, I was right where God had me. I was on mission. I was doing it. I was fired up. I was passionate. Mm. because I was uncomfortable because I took that step. Yeah. Well, when I got home, it was the day after I got home that we had our basketball camp here at Watermark Wesleyan Church. And I was, I, I, I walked in first day of basketball camp before anybody else got there to help set up and start prepare for all the kids to get there. And I thought to myself, this is no different from what I was doing in the Czech Republic. Mm. The only thing that's different is it's just a different people group in a different location. And that was for me, the minute that I realized that I may not be a missionary for somebody who, you know, receives support and lives in a separate culture, different from my own. Right. But I'm a missionary because this is the mission field that God has put me in. Mm. And I, I want to encourage all of you listeners where maybe missions isn't for you. As you challenge yourself and think about those things that Rich had for you, maybe global missions is not for you. But missions is for you because God has invited us all to be a part of his mission to our hurting world. And that could be wherever you are, whether it's here in Buffalo whether it's in Arizona, where Rich is, wherever. And so I challenge you to what is the mission field that God has called you to? And that's that's really what I saw last summer after I came back from mission trip. And maybe that's what it takes. Maybe it takes stepping out of your comfort zone and going on a mission trip and going overseas right. to open our ears because so often our ears are buzzing with so many different things going on in our lives. Mm. So that was something that he reminded me of. And it's convicting that he reminds me of that because I know that I have lost some of that Mm. where I've slipped back into this comfortable lifestyle of just doing my daily things, doing whatever. Right. And I'm not as focused in hearing what God has for me as I was when I was on a missions trip. Mm. So, that was a little bit of my reflection and it, it really, you know, it really hit me and it was very powerful. Mm. But w- what about, you know, like what were some of the things that you took away from this conversation with Rich? Yeah. First off, uh, I love that. I, I just feel like I could go run a few miles after that. It's just like, let's go. You know, hey, nothing like, stopping you when we're done here. <laughs> go run a few miles. Going for it. <laughs> but yeah, Rich, that was so good. And, and for our listeners, I, there's so many packing points to that conversation. And I, I recommend for all of you just to take notes on that one and maybe mm. reflect on some of that because there's so much to where I'm like, Oh my goodness that we could have, we could have been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think bottom line, it comes down to this. I, I think for me, the, the one thing I really took away is Christ. My, when Christ says my grace is sufficient for you. And I think for any of you listeners listening right now, I think that's a reminder for you mm-hmm. that Christ's grace is sufficient for you and that God will use you and he's calling you to, to taste and see that the Lord is good. That that Rich was saying, invite him in, test him, mm. test it. Come on. Um, I, I love that. And, and Rich, I, that, I love that so much because God invites us to that, to taste, to see that he's good and to test him because you know what? Christ wants that relationship with you. Mm. And man, wow, that was so good. So thank you, Rich. That was just such an amazing conversation conversation. Mm, Wow. What a great way to finish off the Local to Global series. So good. Thank you, Rich. And if you guys have not checked out those previous episodes, go do it. There's so much wisdom and content there. Highly recommend all of you to go check that out. You guys will walk away from a different perspective of how you see sports and ministry working together. And next week, we are featuring Carrie Spring, who is part of the Real Raw Truth podcast, with one of our former guests, Robbie Ra. And man, does Carrie have a powerful test? testimony including losing her son to suicide and she talks about how she got through that and how God got her through that such an amazing amazing and powerful podcast here's an excerpt you know God um, God comprehends everything that you're going through but a person their thoughts um, 
they're the only ones that can understand through the spirit what their thoughts are and their thoughts through the spirit is God knows he's the only one that knows. So you accept Christ and you bring him into your you know life and you have the spirit and the understanding. Um, it kind of separates the soul and the spirit. Thanks for listening to the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. And if you want to connect with us and see what God is doing through other of our ministries and never miss an episode, you can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Watermark Sports and on Twitter at Sweat Room Pod. Just remember, until next time, get it, got it, and give it. Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. 